You're listening to the Get Fucking Real Show. Strap in as your host, Lisa Cherney, takes you on a ride full of GFR moments. From powerful messages to exclusive interviews to untold stories of super shitty moments before big successes. And even real-life confessions. Lisa's been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for over 20 years, coaching top coaches and tapping her mighty woo-woo side to mentor the best of the best spiritual peeps. It's time to bring on the straight talk from successful, soulful entrepreneurs, inspiring you to live without regrets, to create your legacy, and be unapologetically you. And now, it's time to GFR. Life is too short to be a slave to your own dream Cause I'm working too hard And I want to feel so alive I jump out of bed because I love my life Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive Being myself, clarity will arrive So I'll stand out and be J-U-I-C-Y Hello and welcome to the GFR show. I'm super excited to have you here. And today we're going to be taking an outside in approach, which is a bit contrary to my normal, you know, philosophy around what creates change in people. And today's guest, Kim Seltzer, she makes a really good case for outside in. And I think it's very illuminating. Do you think a red dress Putting on a red dress could change your life. Well, she talks about her magical red dress moment. And at first I thought, oh, what is this? Like, you know, she's trying to make it sound like a fairy tale. And like, could it really be that impactful? And and when you you see her, she's, you know, she's beautiful, dynamic, you know, confident. I just, I just, there was like a disconnect with how transformational this red dress could be. And, and then she tells her story about where she came from. And it's, it, it is a phenomenal story. I, wherever you are in your journey with your self-image, your self-confidence, how you feel about what you see in the mirror, I believe you're going to have some illuminations during this interview. She has a ton of knowledge and experience as a therapist, former therapist, Certified style and confidence coach, dating coach, and matchmaker. And she's helped thousands of people find love and connection, attract success, create valuable relationships, all kinds of stuff. And she does this through her signature formula, the Charisma Quotient, which works on body language, first impressions, image, and messaging, and how it impacts attraction. It's really fascinating stuff, and I realized there's some of it that comes really natural to me, and, but it was you know, fun to kind of like hear the, the science really behind it. She has um, been in uh, Cosmopolitan and Oprah Magazine. She is keynote speakers at national matchmaking conferences. She has her own cool podcast that I've been on called The Charisma Quotient, which you, you got to check it out. And she even hosts Flirt Academies, which our GFR squad gets some bonus training on the art of flirting. So that's super fun. Without further ado, I want you to meet my new friend, Kim Seltzer. Kim Seltzer, welcome to the Get Fucking Real show. Thank you. <laughs> you match my tone. That's I had to match awesome. your tone. I know. My, my husband, who is our voiceover, uh, I don't know if everyone listening knows that, but hubby's the hubby's the, the welcome to the GFR show. I was yeah. like, I always joke because he's the, he's the one with the voice and the, and the family, but you know, I think. Oh, we- don't sell yourself short. You have an amazing voice. And oh, thank you. Yes, your own unique voice, right? Thank you. I appreciate that. See, you're already giving people a taste of the magic that is Kim. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But just a funny segue is I actually had someone on my podcast who's a voiceover artist talking about finding your voice. And he had me doing these vocal exercises and it was hilarious. I don't know if your hubby has you do that. Uh, he doesn't have me do it, but he voice coaches my daughter. And so I oh. hear them making all kinds of wacky noises and like, you know, yeah, gargle, like gurgling sounds and all these things. And 
talk about get fucking real, right? Like that's, right. Right. <laughs> that's it's awesome. so true. Right. It's, it's all the things we do to limber up for, to prepare for whatever we're doing in life. It's always like, all right, game on. And then we look all pretty. So, so Kim and I have been limbering up and getting ready for this conversation um, before we, you know, went on air and we're super excited and you're going to love Kim and her story and her transformation. And, and what I, what I love about you is the, uh, the breadth of your expertise and like all the different, I could just tell you're a multi-passionate kind of person and you have created like, you know, and you're going to share with people sort of the before you, where you were, and I believe you probably weren't, it didn't express that way. Right. And now where you are after, and, uh, there's a, I have a lot of respect for people that create a business that really allows them to shine and like have fun and, you know, be fully expressed, of course. Yeah. And I just, I'm, I love, and you and I talked about this before. I love what your show is about. I love how we are sharing stories because I feel like we all have a story and, you know, here's the thing. And this was, you know, when I get into my story, I feel like we're our own best teachers every single time. And adversity is a gift, but we're not always aware of it at the time that we're going through it. We get through it and then we look back and we're like, oh, there was the gift. Yes. The and gift. that's what this show is all about. So that when people are, are actually in it yeah. and, they, and they listen to the show, and I always say to people who ask about the show, I'm like, you know what, you know when to listen? When you need motivation, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling alone, when you're questioning why the fuck am I doing this entrepreneur thing when I could just be getting a job, like when you're having all of those thoughts, just pull up the podcast, listen to any episode and you are going to be infused with inspiration uh, because it does all struggle, I believe too, struggle serves, but we just don't always know when we're in it. But if we, if we can plug into a community or, you know, somebody like you and I that like, that's just what we talk about. Then we, it, I feel like you could see the light at the end of the tunnel quicker. Yes, that's so true. And, and even when you're through the tunnel and, and then you're into that light, then I find there's another tunnel that you have to go through and, but it's to don't, embrace each tunnel. Let's not talk about that now. Okay. <laughs> There's other tunnels. Okay. I'm sorry. I gave away some secrets. <laughs> no secrets. No secrets here. Okay. So, uh, all right. So tell us what life was like for you and who you were before your GFR wormhole. Wow. Yeah. That takes me back. And I, you know, I love that we have time to tell more of my story because I tell it a lot. But, um, you know, if you had seen me then, I looked like a very different person. Um, so I was this kind of, you know, good girl from Chicago. I lived a very traditional life. I practiced as a therapist for, you know, over 10 years. I even had the traditional clothes, traditional mindset. And my, I feel like my life was going on as planned, right? And so I married this nice guy who looked great on paper. Um, you know, <laughs> we, ha we, had, we had fantastic little kids um, and they were really small at the time. I even had the house and the picket fence and like, right? Like you getting the picture, everything totally. was just yeah, this is good. Life is wonderful. You know, and you're not the first guest to refer to the picket fence life that they had. You're, so there is, there's, right? It's, it, it is that, that path that we, that's, it's culturally ingrained. You yes. know, it could be, it could be based on, you know, our religion, our geography, that, that path that we, that we're told, like in where I grew up, like you go to college, like there wasn't even, everybody oh gosh, went to yes. college. Right. And like the one kid didn't go to college, like, oh my God, you know. And so I totally get it. Yep. Yeah. And I, you know, living in the Midwest in Chicago, it was this kind of, you know, mindset of this is what you do. Right. And so, um, and everything was going on as planned until one day um, we all pick up and we move across the country to this uh, land called, you know, La La Land. And um, <laughs> you mean Los Angeles? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, did I not say that? Yes, Los Angeles. And, you know, every, we land here and I got to tell you, it was 
complete culture shock, you know? I mean, for me, you know, people kind of look different, they acted different, and then I joke all the time, you know, so much so we, we do what everyone else here does, we get a divorce, and I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> obviously, obviously, there were mega issues going on, you know, this, the, in this little fairy tale. I mean, you joked, but do you feel like there was more acceptance of relationships transitioning to, you know, different, different formats because versus where you were in the Midwest? That is such a good question. I mean, I, and I think that's why I always add that joke because I truly saw a lot of that here and it was definitely more accepted than it was, you know, in the Midwest. But I realized that obviously that wasn't the issue, right? Like there were, I think when we moved across country and we, we were forced to just be with ourselves, you know, absent of the noise around us that kept us insulated, if you will, in this little plastic bubble that I was living in, I, I realized, I mean, we, we really had to come raw with each other and, you know, take a look at, you know, just each other as a couple, but also having, you know, very young kids and moving across country. I mean, it was a true test of a relationship. And you had to reestablish your practice, right? So that could be, that could press pressure buttons too, right? Wow. Here's and give you an opening that if you weren't happy... <laughs> Well, here's the thing, and this okay. is the other kind of joke in the story. So I, I, this is where the record stopped, right? So I get, we get the divorce, and it was like my life as I knew it completely stopped. And I had to take a hard look in the mirror, and to be honest, I hated what I saw. I, you know, it was, um, I call it my black period. It, black period in my mindset, um, my clothes reflected it. I, I just wore all black, maybe a little beige, you know, a splash of beige to splash keep it. Of beige. Right? There's a name of a book for you. <laughs> oh my God. No. And, and honestly, Lisa, like if you can picture this, I still had my nursing bras on. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't nursing any longer. I mean, my kids were a little bit older by then and, and my Birkenstocks. So I couldn't believe what I saw. And at that point, I was like, there is no friggin' way I could be a therapist at this point. Because I, you know, if someone had come to me at that point in my life, I would have said, you think you got issues? Like, let me go on the couch for a second. <laughs> like, I'm in no way, shape or form being, a, I'm not going to be able to help you because I can't even help myself. And here's the kicker is that I knew better. I was a freaking therapist, fucking therapist. This would be a good time to say fuck, this right? A good time to say fuck. Okay. I was a fucking therapist. I, I should know how to get out of my own way. I went to therapy. I had counseling myself. I had a great support system. My friends rallied around me, yet I still couldn't push past this pain. And so, you know, you know when there's like a fork in the road and you're you're going down like I was going down this really dark path. And again, looking in the mirror ahead of me, it was like the pieces in the mirror just kept shattering and shattering. And I felt so alone and empty and I I really didn't know what was I was going to do with my life. You know, I couldn't be a therapist. I felt like, oh my God, who could love me, a single mom? Like what? I'm supposed to date with these babies? So here's, here's the moment that kind of changed my life and what really changed the course of what I teach today, what I believe today, because up until that point, I believed that you had to work from the inside out, like most of us being, that's how, you know, that's how you kind of get out of your own way. But that wasn't the case for me at that point, up until that point. So one day, and I, I really don't know what possessed me to do this, this one day, I, I look in the mirror again and I got so fed up in the way that I looked. I said, that's it. I'm so sick of these clothes. And none of the clothes fit me because I went through the whole divorce diet. I mean, obviously at that point, it wasn't that healthy of a choice, but then I- So divorce diet, does that mean you gained weight or you lost No, weight? I lost weight. All right. Because like, y'all, sister, I just want you to know that in my world, that would not mean losing weight. That uh-huh. would mean gaining weight. <laughs> it, you know what? It happens like one way or the other. Yeah, and I have right. a lot of friends who've gone through it and clients. And yet there's, you know, food is a funny thing that, 
you know, just as, as, as ways to either control or not control or, you know, fill a void or whatever it is. For me, I was so stressed out that I couldn't just even look at food, you know? Yes. So anyway, I have this new body, but I, I really couldn't see it. So I just knew that clothes were not fitting me. Okay. So I go shopping and I am, <laughs> I'm pulling all the same clothes <laughs> and black three times too big. Of beige. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't even have beige. I remember just okay. holding a bunch of black clothes. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm upgrading. I'm getting into something new, but really I was still stuck. So this personal shopper, she was watching me and she comes up to me and she says, ma'am, you know, I've been watching you. And I wondered if you would like to try this on. And she holds up a red dress that looked like three sizes too small. And I said, that's so sweet of you, but that's really not my size. And that's so not my color. She said, honey, that is your size. That is your color. Try it on. Wow. Just like that. Wow. I got the chills. And you know, it's like when the universe gives you a message and you're finally able to hear it. It was yeah. like, she hit me over the head with that red dress. I caught my red dress moment. And it was like, I fell to the ground. And when I became conscious again, I'm like, you know, she's right. I'm going to try this red dress on. So I slip it on begrudgingly and twirled around like Cinderella. And I couldn't believe what I saw. It was like all the pieces that were shattered in the ground, like came together in an instant. And I was like, oh my God, it's just like, I'm a princess. You know, like it was like that true fairy tale moment. And I got to tell you, it was the first time that I really saw myself as different. And it was then and only then that I was able to get out of my own way. So I bought that dress that day as a costume. I totally, I mean, I really didn't believe it at the time totally, but there was something in me that says, you know, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to just marinate in this and see what it's like. So I, I go out into the world and I start wearing this red dress like a costume and all this magic stuff started happening. When you say like a costume, what do you mean by that? So much like Halloween, you know, you know, when you see these like really shy girls put on a vixen costume yes. and all of a sudden they're acting like all sexy and confident and yes. like extroverted. Yes. That's the slutty Halloween effect. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you know, now, now that I teach this and, and breathe this, there's actually studies done on this. This isn't just like airy fairy stuff. There's actually evidence that people perform differently when they're wearing different clothes. For sure. Oh, I believe that for sure. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. So I, oh, by I, the way, I want to put a little, a uh, little, uh, disclaimer, uh, no judgment on being slutty, by the way. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> no, in fact, like for me, I needed that little slutty, like kind of vixen attitude because See, my mindset at that time was that I was unlovable, that I was like, who would find a single mom sexy with babies and, and you know, milk stains on me and all that stuff. So seeing myself in that red dress put me in a whole different mindset and a different perspective yeah. and a different light. And so, I, right. So I'm walking- That's costume. That it's was, the that costume. was my, my question to you. It's like, yeah, I get, I get it now. Yeah. That was the costume. And so again, I had to wear it a lot for me to even like own that this was me and not just a costume. So you know how the term goes, fake it till you make it. I believe that, you know, I, I kind of had to fake it. I'm like, okay, in this red dress, I'm going to own this, but here's the thing all the stuff started happening to me. I mean, new opportunities started knocking on my door and new suitors began to come my way. And I realized that there was this symbiotic relationship between the outer and the inner. And it just started making sense that, gosh, when you look good, you feel good. You feel good. You look good. And actually this all matters. Like it's not superficial. And that very moment is what got me out of my own way and what I teach today and all the stuff that you heard in, in my bio. So 
you know, after that, there were a lot of other little lessons as I was skipping down my yellow brick road and I'm collecting tools and putting them in my little basket. But that was definitely the first, you know, kind of lesson for me is that, you know, also seeing myself as beautiful, seeing myself as sexy. And this is what I tell people all the time. It's not about the man and it's not about the woman. It's about you. Because when you feel good about you, when you really, truly love you, that's when other people will too. And I didn't know that at the time until all this stuff started happening. Yes. Yes. I totally believe and agree with that. It's coming to me to ask you for a specific story about something that happened to you when you were wearing that red dress. Ooh, that's a good question. Well, I have, okay, so I have a story that relates to before I had, can I, can I tell like it in two parts? Yes. Whatever's coming to you, share it. We'll trust. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause I'm remembering the first time that I went out as a single woman, I, I had the red dress and this was like, you know, note to self lesson number one, like really think about how you show up and wear a red dress when you're about to go out. Well, this was something that happened when, you know, I realized that my social life needed to change because at that time when I had first moved here, the people, you know, that I met and I became friends with were all moms and they were all married. And it actually really depressed me. <laughs> and I didn't realize how much that affected me at the time because, I mean, everyone was lovely and everybody was so nice and they tried to help. But I didn't realize how alone I felt until one day this woman, she came up to me and she said, uh, Kim, I, um, I was wondering, so I have this friend and uh, yeah, so she's another single mom. And I remember just zero, zeroing in on this, right? And I'm like, another single mom. Like at first I was really offended. Like, what is this? Like, you know, like the plague, I'm another single mom and she's throwing another single mom at me. But then part of me felt really relieved. Oh my gosh, another single mom. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I said, yes, I'll talk to her. And we have our first call. The phone rings. I pick it up. And I, I said, she said, oh, hi, this is Laura. And I said, hi, this is Kim. And I'm a single mom too. <laughs> and I just was like... <laughs> It was like AA, right? Yes. And I just like burst into tears. And, you know, I, I th that was that moment that I knew that I needed some shifting in my social life. And it was so refreshing to have another single mom. So here she is. She's like, I'm going to take you out in the town. I'm going to show you how to flirt because this is another thing that I teach. Oh, right? so she was a little bit ahead of you in that game. She was Okay. Already, so okay. what you got to know about Laura, and I talk about Laura all the time. She was okay. very instrumental in my journey, she was another person I put in my little basket, is that she earned a lot of stripes up until then because it had been uh, four years post-divorce. So she was a veteran. Like she okay. knew how to do it. So she was going to show me the ropes. And how long ago was this? Like in the world of online dating and all that. So how long ago was this? Oh, gosh. Like before so the was, apps and before the <laughs> no, 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 no. So like match.com and J date and I think OkCupid existed. No, this was okay. kind of the height of the online dating. The apps had not existed at that time. Okay. So we're talking maybe 14 years ago. Okay. Ish. So yeah. So we, <laughs> so she's like, I'm going to take you out. I'm like, wait, people our age go out to bars. What? Like, I thought that was so strange. So anyway, we make a date. Now, mind you, this is another part of the story is that I lived in kind of the suburban part of LA, which was great when you're married, but it's hell when you're single. <laughs> right. And so the lights all turned off after nine o'clock in the suburbs. I didn't realize there was light after dark. Like curfew. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so here, I, so she shows up, she rings the doorbell. And she was going to take me to the city, which is now Santa Monica. By the way, that's where I live right now because I did get love out of Santa Monica. Love yeah, Santa I love Monica. it there. Love it here. Mm -hmm. um, so the doorbell rings. I open the door and there she is. 
this gorgeous blonde with long hair. And it was like a, it was like she was glowing. There was like a halo. <laughs> It's like, oh, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Laura, you know, and she, she's, oh my God, she had the, the whole get up. She had the tight little, you know, I think she had this nice top on, if I remember right, and these skinny jeans and heels with the skinny jeans. And she had the little like hop, you know, to her as she walked in <laughs> And she gives And you me all have to see Kim, she's swaying her shoulders. Yeah, back you, you got oh right. That's you know, right. Like that attitude. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you'll save this clip to show. I think um, I will. I think I will. <laughs> so yeah, so she has the swagger. She's walking in and she gives me this long hug and she smells like vanilla. And I'm like, oh my God, I probably smell like baby throw up. And I'm hugging her and I'm like looking in the mirror. Lisa, I still had my black clothes on. I did okay. not put on that red dress. Okay. So this was my lesson is in that I didn't- Was put on the fucking red dress. <laughs> put on the fucking red dress. I had a fucking red dress moment and I didn't use it. <laughs> so, you know, I was like a nerd, you know, note to self, always dress the part, you know, because that's something that I teach all the time, you know, before you go out, before, you know, you think about a date or socializing, really have your costume ready. It puts you in a different mindset. You feel more of that sexy confidence, but I didn't really think it was important. I was just like, ah, the babysitter came. I, you threw on some stuff and I'm ready to go. I was thinking more functionality, right? Yes. So... Anyway, I didn't have time to change. So I'd get in her car and we left the dark into the twinkling lights. And I'm looking, I'm like, wow, there really is light. She pulls up to this bar and there's a line wrapped around the building. I go, oh, Laura, you know, I, um, yeah, I don't think I can do this. I mean, my, my sitter, she's coming, you know, in like two hours. I, I, she's like, Kim, don't worry about it. I got it. <laughs> She gets out of the car, does the little dunk a dunk a dunk in her little swagger, goes into the front of the line, whispers something into the, the bouncer's ear. I still to this day don't know what she said, but suddenly we got whisked in like that. I'm like, wow, you know, <laughs> like, magic Laura, magic Laura, you know, lesson number two, you know, uh, the power of flirtation. So we walk into the bar and I really noticed people noticing her. That was, was, was really powerful. And it so much had to do with her appearance, but also the confidence that she exuded in the way she kind of felt in her body, in her clothes, all of it. So I noticed her body language. I noticed the clothes, the attitude, what was written on her face. And again, FYI, this is what I teach today. So I, um, I go in and I'm like, oh, well, Laura, there's, you know, a table over there. And it was like in the dark corner where nobody could see us. And that's where I was comfortable, right? I was hiding. So my black clothes, I realized in that moment was a way for me to hide. I really truly wasn't comfortable talking to the aliens, AKA men. So I, I, I she said to me, Kim, no, you're, you're going to, you're going to plop yourself right here with me dead center at the bar so that everyone can see us and that we can talk to everybody. So I'm like, oh gosh, okay. <laughs> so we plop ourselves down and right away, Laura sees this guy across the way and she goes, see that guy over there with the real like sultry look in her eye? And I'm like looking like a nerd squinting and I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but Laura, he's really young. I don't know if that's a good idea. And she goes, I don't care. And she does the three second rule, which I also teach. And, you know, you might not see this, so I'll just kind of say it as I'm demonstrating. Yeah. yeah. It was, you know, it, it's, it's taking a look at him. Then she looked down, talked to me for a second, and then looked back. And I kid you not, after that look, the second time, after three seconds, that guy was standing right next to us. I'm like, oh my God, like Laura really is magical. And so then I really saw the power of body language and how much that can exude confidence and sex appeal and the flirtation and all of it was kind of working together. Do you and, feel like you're, you're sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, go ahead. Because you're, you're, you were so observant and you 
you're like kind of a what you know do you feel like your training as a therapist and your experience there sort of helped you to like appreciate this experience on multiple levels while it was happening and like observing all these like subtleties that's a great question. You know, it's hard to know. I think I've always been really observant, you know, even when I was little. And maybe that's why I got into doing what I do, because I, I love, you know, just watching people and understanding. And I, and I, yes, absolutely. And another part of my training up until this point is actually I was in theater for a very long time. I have an improv, improv okay. background, uh, right? So I'm really interested in people and movement and expression. And also I minored in speech communication. So, you know, it was almost like everything was kind of, yes, right? Like it was all coming now. together in the yes. defining moment, you know? Yes. So. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. I, I, uh, I love that. I love the, it's like, you know, really illuminates how, like you said, from the dark to the light. And, uh, you know, my, my sister is a uh, fairly, is a very new single mom. And, and it was suddenly a single mom. And, and um, watching her transition to the, to the world of single mom and having that label and how it served her and how it could, you know, keep her hiding. And, you know, it's it, like you said, you know, when, when Laura first called, you know, or no, when the friend was going to hook you up with this other single mom and how you kind of have like the duality of like, you know, F you and thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, and I, and I do, I watch, I watch how it could really be. um, And I, I mean, I have and now that my sister is a new single mom, I have such reverence um, for for that. And actually, my best friend also a single mom. And um, to, to, just to to see how it could serve, like that label could serve because it connects you, and there's a shared story and experience and challenge. But also, you know, like any label could keep us like stuck. And, you, you know, that's it's interesting that you say that because. Um, I I just was talking to somebody about this. You know, we all have scarlet letters. You know, my scarlet letter was that I was a single mom. You know, it could be, oh, I have an addiction or, oh, you know, we all have it. Um, But it's how you lead with it. It's how you show up with it is what matters. It's not the scarlet letter itself. So back then, I led with being a single mom. Therefore, that's all anybody would see, right? Right. Is right. oh she's a frumpy single mom because that's I was leading with it, but until I started owning that actually this was a beautiful part of me, that knowing that wow like I I am a mom and I'm single, and I have so much to give, that I started embracing it and instead of looking at it as you know it's perspective instead of looking at it as a scarlet letter it became kind of my secret weapon. Like, you know, yeah. and then guys actually liked it. Like, wait a second, you're hot and you're a single mom. <laughs> so like, yeah, you know. Yeah, hair flip, y'all. Mr. Hair flip. I do the hair flip and the hair yes. twirl, which is another <laughs> learning technique, by the way. Yeah. Yes. That's all. Okay. So, so let's, okay. So we get the before and yes. I, I don't even know how we're, I can't wait to hear how you got to where you are now with, you know, teaching all this stuff. So like, you know, t- give us like how that turning point and how you got into like who you are today and, and all that. So, right. So on, you know, the stories that I just told were more kind of my personal journey. And then I really had to figure out what it was going to do with my life. So a couple things happened. One is that I got obsessed with the whole makeover process because I I started making over myself. And to be honest, I was obsessed with that show, What Not to Wear. Did you ever watch yes, that? Yes, I love okay. that show. Loved. And I'm like, who doesn't love a makeover? But what angered me and is- And Oprah you know, was probably still on at the time and her makeovers were amazing. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah, yes. now that I think about it. It was kind of the height, like it was just really starting to become popular. And what obsessed me about it is that I would look at these people after and be like, gosh, everyone's so happy. But then I wondered, you know, does that stick? Does that stay? And why does somebody have to win a contest to be on a show to make themselves over? I'm like, I want to do this because I realized that I had the power within myself. And again, it goes back to the first thing I said, my adversity was becoming my gifts. So 
Well, and I love what I want to pause and, and, and I'll say something and repeat something else you said earlier too, about how you used to think that change was inside out. And of, of course, everybody like, yeah, of course, it's, you know, it's an inside job. And I just love that this former therapist has this aha moment, like, oh, no, it is about the freaking red dress <laughs> and the makeover. And, and I, and I, you, I totally like agree with that too, you know? So it's like, it's really interesting to see how that they all inter, they inter interplay of both. Yeah. Right. So my tagline is actually, you know, attracting love from the outside in. So it is, and I totally flipped the switch on it, but, you know, going back to kind of like, well, what, what am I going to do with my yes. life? I, the, the thing that excited me about the makeovers too, is that it, it seemed to elicit happiness, you know, and, and building the confidence. And, you know, as a therapist, I worked with a lot, a lot of like difficult situations. And, you know, I worked in the psych ward with, you know, suicidal and homicidal children. And, you know, I was ready for something really positive and different and making a difference in people's lives. So I'm, I'm researching like how, what do I need to do to become like a makeover person? You know? So I, I'm like, I'm and stylist doesn't really fit, but then I found this whole like image consulting career, yes. but yes. I realized there was no school for it. I mean, I think there was like one there training now. Yeah. <laughs> now, but like back then there were only a couple little training centers, but I would have to go somewhere and, you know, spend an awful long time to study it. And I had these three baby or two babies at home, three babies. It was my dog was my third baby. <laughs> um, so I, I, I'm like, you know, I can make my own kind of course. And what I did is I did this like correspondence course in the UK. It was called style coaching. So it was an online okay. course that combined coaching with styling. I'm like, Ooh, mm. like that, that resonates with me. Cause that's combining kind of my therapy too. Um, and then I found this woman, she was the top LA image consultant here. And she said, you're in the right place, right? <laughs> now. Totally. I'm like, wow, I, I could, she's the veteran and um, she had been around forever. So I hire her, I pay an awful lot of money to her. And I said, just teach me because the, the online course only was good as the online stuff, but I needed the like application of it. I needed hands-on training. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, you can shadow me and I'll teach you the ropes. So we have our first lesson <laughs> and we were to meet at Saks. Now, mind you, she's this fabulous Serbian woman dressed to the nines. And I knew this because I saw pictures of her and I'm thinking, okay, I have my black clothes. I have a red dress and that's it. So I need to go shopping again. Now I need to dress a little more professional. So I don't know what I was thinking at the time. Honestly, Lisa, like I go and I buy like this rider jacket thinking I'm like all business. And then like, maybe it was lucky jeans at the time. I, I'm thinking I'm up leveling myself, but right. it, it was not the right look, but I'm really excited. I meet her at Saks, all wide eyed and bushy tailed and she looks at me, she folds her arms, she looks at me up and down. And the first thing she says to me, she says, and you think someone's going to pay you $10,000 looking like that? You look like a tired mom. Oh my Lord. Lesson Ouch. number one. <laughs> oh, and, but you know, my, my big eyes filled with tears. And then I thought about it. I said, you know, she's right. She's absolutely right. I still had this mindset that I was a tired mom and who would pay me? Well, maybe because you were a tired mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I was a tired mom. I definitely was a tired mom. But beyond that, I didn't, I didn't think that I had value to helping people. Like I didn't think that I could actually charge people to help them because that's all I'm like, no, I just do that. You know, I, I get... I have a paycheck. I was used to just having kind of the traditional job as a social worker slash therapist. So yeah, um, it was a huge lesson for me. And so then I started building out my wardrobe and, you know, so that I had stuff for my professional life. So I had stuff for my dating life and that I could still be comfortable and dress casual as a mom but still look cute. Like I didn't have to be the frumpy mom, you know? Right. Yes. And, and so I had the different parts of me. And as I started building 
my wardrobe, I was really, what I was doing is building out my life. So I started doing makeovers on just people I knew, you know, my family, friends. And then, you know, then I started getting referrals, word of mouth. I put like the funniest, oh my gosh, if you could see. And when did you have to, when did you start charging? Cause I think that's a big transition for people. Cause they, they, you could dabble in it. Like you said, friends and family. And at some point, it, it needs to become a business if you're it's something. Do you, do you remember that transition? I do. And, yeah. I do. And I have a website to prove it, which is really funny. Like if you see my first website, I was laughing. I found it. Um, it was 2007. <laughs> I think I put my first website up because see, I needed pictures for my website. So, so all the pictures I took of my family and friends, I put up there and now I could charge. But what I charged was ridiculous. But you know, I didn't have experience. I didn't think I could charge that much, you know? So it, that was definitely a journey. Um, and so, yeah, I, that's where kind of that part of my business was born. Now it didn't look like how it did now, because then I just started thinking, oh, I'll just do makeovers. But here's, here's a weird thing is that as I was starting to do makeovers, I was realizing I was impacting people more in one shopping session than I did. And sometimes like thousands of therapy sessions. Like, wow, like putting people into action and actually doing something like this can really shift people in a very short amount of time. And sometimes the talking therapy isn't what people need. And so I really started like seeing how people can put themselves into action for change, which is all of what I'm about, you know, as I teach that today. So I really, um, this part of my business was born and it's the first ingredient in what I call the charisma quotient. It's the name of my podcast. It's the name of my formula that I use with people. And that is raising people's style intelligence, working with their wardrobe, working with their body language, their first impression. It's marketing. It's marketing yourself. It's marketing, yes. Right? It's not changing who you are. It's marketing in a way so that people get to know who you are. So I start focusing on that. And then um, after putting that in my basket, I was introduced to someone else. This is, this was, this is a funny story. So somebody says to me, you know, with your background and you kind of styling people and also your therapy, you should meet this dating coach. I'm like, dating coach? Like, what are dating coaches? And, um, so I see this guy, David Wygant, he's still, you know, a friend of mine. And um, he was also a veteran in, in the field. And he would go out and teach men how to approach women, groups of men. And he did these boot camps. So I've been trying to meet him for months now. And, uh, you know, we, and things kept getting delayed. And I think he was like, oh, who is this, you know, again, right. in my mindset, little mom, you know. So finally, after persevering and not giving up, I, I, I get a time to meet with him. And he's like, you know what? Just come to one of my boot camps. We're all meeting here at the coffee shop and you'll get to meet everybody. So I'm like, okay. So I show up, oh God, can you imagine this? I show up. Now I had some good clothes. Now I'm ready. Like I'm arsoned <laughs> with good clothes. Okay. You're Thank armed. God. I'm armed. Thank God, because I walk in and who is in the coffee shop but all guys 20 men just surrounding me <laughs> and there's david and he goes you must be seltzer i said you must be wygant and he looks at me up and down and he's like okay so who's going in seltzer's car and that was it like that's how it all started happening and i i started working with david and i kind of learned the art of doing in-field coaching and Oh my God, it just all made sense. It all integrated. Like, yes, it makes sense to work with people in the field to actually help people communicate, to help people flirt. And I was so touched with these men who had these deeper issues and we would get together as a group after they would do these approaches to women talking about deep stuff. And thank God I was a therapist because then we started processing some of this stuff, you know, right. and like, Oh, I, I like it. It just it really started coming together. Yeah. And then, yeah, from there, you know, I started speaking and started doing media stuff. And then I started, you know, writing for the Huffington Post. And, you know, the story, it just started like, you know, bubbling and bubbling. And I really enjoyed the speaking aspect of it because then I could touch so many people. And um, the other 
you know, person that went into my basket after that is I started speaking at a matchmaking uh, conference. And this guy who was kind of the CEO of a matchmaking service came up to me. He said, hey, you know, would you be interested in running the VIP division of matchmaking? Now, at the time, matchmaking was at the height of the day. So I did it. I started, you know, matchmaking and ran the division, um, high-end matchmaking. Uh, and it really, it was really illuminating, you know, hearing both perspectives Sometimes I would like listen to people's stories. I'm like, were you on the same date? Because I'm getting some really <laughs> different, you know, like understanding men and women and perspectives and what breaks down on first dates. But the thing that I didn't enjoy was that the same problems kept existing. Like it wasn't a magical kingdom that I was in with magic, you know, people <laughs> that I was showing. These people existed outside the kingdom, but people continued to have the same problems they did, you know, right. in the matchmaking than they did in real life. So then I started coaching on the side. And, you know, the people who were successful mostly were the ones who coached with me and did the matchmaking together. So I'm like, you know, this makes sense. So the matchmaking service actually uh, went under, they went out of business. And so this is what I, gosh, I mean, I, and I know there's so many people who grapple with this. I really had to think about whether or not I was going to keep going and maybe do my own business or get another job. And as a single mom, it was really scary. Yeah. Really scary. I did not know what I was going to do. So I decided to go for it. Um, I realized, gosh, what other job is going to have flexibility where I can be at home with my kids and still do some of the stuff. And also as a therapist, I was capped out. Like I'm not going to be able to make the money that I can make just practicing as a therapist, even if I went back and got my license here in California. So yeah, so this is where it all kind of started, and um, I, I went for it. I started my business, and today what it looks like is, you know, helping people look and feel their best so they attract what they want. I use my, you know, therapy, my background as a therapist to do this outside-in approach and helping people attract what they want, both in love and in business. So now I not only help, help people in love, but also in their business life and achieve success. You know, it, it, it's all the same. So the two other ingredients that I help people with, and it all just really makes sense to me, after I work with people's style intelligence, then I go inward and work with people's emotional intelligence. Because I realize a lot of times people have a hard time expressing themselves. You know, this is where vulnerability is, you know, this is like what your podcast is all about. You know, it's, it's the sharing, it's expressing yourself. Um, once we look the part, then how do we show people who we are and express that? And then the third ingredient is raising people's social intelligence. So this is the fun part where I take it to the streets, so to speak, and work on interpersonal communication. I have this whole social engagement formula that I teach people and that moves conversation from your head to your heart. So people are really connecting. Um, this is where flirtation. I love flirting. I just want to say, I just have to say, I love flirting. And I think you, I don't know if you know this about me or not, it depends on how much research you, you've done about me, but um, yeah, I've been married 25 years, but I've also been dating for about seven years. And so we have an open marriage and, and you all can hear about that. I think it's episode 11, how opening up my marriage juiced up my business. And I talk about how transformational it was for me. And so many of the things that you're talking about around dating and how you start to see yourself differently, like you know, I kind of had this cool uh, opportunity without getting the divorce <laughs> to start <laughs> and have that transformation. And, and I, I found out about myself that I really enjoy flirting and not, you know, not necessarily flirting with destination, just, just that different, like even, you know, we could even define flirting, but like for me, it's just like this, it's a different way of relating with people and an energetic connection with people. And, and sometimes there's physicality, sometimes there's not. But like I didn't, I didn't realize how much I just shut that part of myself down when I, you know, you know, when we were in a monogamous marriage, and you know, we just, it was like, you know, it was just sort of blinders. And I realized how how fun and what a different dimension of expression it adds to me, to for me and my natural personality. To, to flirt. So I love that you teach people to do that because I think, 
it's just, it's like a, it's, it's another form. I mean, you could define it, but you know, it's just another form of body language for me and another way to connect with people. And it, and again, it doesn't mean that there's some destination about it. I think that's where it gets a bad rap. <laughs> oh my God, a hundred percent. Like you actually defined it beautifully. Cause you know, when you look in the dictionary, it's so funny. The definition of flirting is to behave as though you are attracted to someone without the serious intention of an outcome. Interesting. Okay. And so what you just said is dead, dead on. Like it, it's that last part being attached to the outcome is what trips everyone up. You know, people are like, oh, well, I can't flirt because I don't want to give him the wrong impression or I'm not good at it or I'm not that interested in him or, you know, like whatever it is, but that's not what flirting is supposed to be about. It's a, it's a magnetic energy that just kind of draws people to you. And then you get to decide later what you want to do with them, you know, but if you don't create that openness and magnetism and yes, Body language is 93% of communication, so that's the huge part of flirtation, but it's also how you communicate with them verbally as well, is that, you know, you're missing opportunity if you're not opening yourself up to it. So I love that you're also open to like where you're at and how that's made your business flourish, your relationship flourish, you know, flirting can be whatever you want it to be, but if you close yourself off, then you are limiting yourself in so many ways. I mean, I even tell people to to flirt in business, to flirt like there's actually articles. I flirt on for it. sure on stage. I know oh for sure. Oh my god! Yeah, and you're a really good flirt. I've seen <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome because it, it 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 creates attraction, right? And and actually, your likability factor will go up when you're more flirtatious. The the most powerful leaders of the world, and and you will actually like. You will actually go up and rank in your business as a woman if you use flirtation. And again, it's it's a harmless thing, but it's a it's a way about you. It's that yeah. again, charisma that I teach. Yeah, and I love that. I love saying that it's charisma and that it's harmless because it does get a really bad rap. And I've had this conversation with my husband and other male friends. I know it's different for guys because of all of the the culture around. You know, they don't want to be creepy. You know, they yeah. don't want to be that guy. And so I totally get it's different for, for men than it is for, for women. And I'm grateful that I, you know, that we have a little bit more latitude and of course, you know, whatever, whatever you, you could draw, you could uh, go over the line and if, with anything, you know, and so there for sure is boundaries and all that and doing it consciously, but so I just, sorry, I just had to do a little plug for flirting. <laughs> yes. No, actually, I've been starting to do these um, flirt academies all over Ooh. the U.S. And is that where you're out in the street? Like, like what did you say? Is that what you said? Called it? So, well, yeah. Those are the- On I the do, ground, I think. You on, yeah. In the infield, you know, in experiences. Field, field. Well, those are just one-on-one. Like when I do um, infield work with people, I take them, you know, if, if they're able to, I love doing a full day with them because I can take them shopping if that's what they need. And then I get yeah. them ready. And then we go out on the town after they're feeling good. Um, sometimes I'll do oh, photo fun. shoots if they're really able to do the full oh, thing. And so they get all dolled up and they see themselves. I mean, the magic that gets created in one like day in two days, again, is it's like, it's really like therapy on steroids. I call oh, for it sure. all the time. I, I, yeah. And I've worked, I've had, you know, so people know too, my own personal experience, I have worked with um, somebody who also helps with, with looks and I, and, and mo- much more than just style. So I don't, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't want to go into all the details, but, right. but, but it, it, it is, uh, was everything from how I style my hair to like, you know, to what I wear to the shapes and all this kind of stuff. And it was completely transformational for me and in the way that I felt about myself and people would compliment me. They'd think that I lost weight when I didn't, you know, there's, and people all the time ask me, have you worked with somebody? Cause there's just, there's a look about you when you look put together, people don't really, you know, they can't, if they're not educated about that, they don't really know exactly what it is, but they just know like, wow. They're like, Oh, I love your colors and whatever. So there's, there's a, a whole holistic approach with the way that I took to it, but uh, I can't say enough about having a closet full. I mean, I can't say enough about this. I'm going to say it again. I cannot say enough about this. So this is coming from somebody who's had a journey with my weight and my body mm. image. I cannot say enough about having a closet full of clothes that you feel good in. And there, and just the other day, I, I, I fit into a pair of pants that I hadn't fit into in a while. There was two other pants that I had in that I chucked them and now I officially fit into every fucking thing in my closet. <gasps> 
which is for a woman is like, uh, or anybody really, I think everybody has things in their closet. They're like, oh, I, I'll fit into that when and whatever. And there's a couple of things that are too big, which is a nice luxury that I have right now. But um, yeah, I can't say enough about, so I wholeheartedly uh, uh, hear what you're saying and agree with it. And and yes, of course, I'm the first one to say it's an inside job. Go look at your 12 GFR commandments, see where you're getting out of, you know, see where you're in your own way. Um, and there is, you know, just a ton to be said about that external confidence and liking what you see in the mirror. You know, I love what you said too. And I wondered if this was true for you is that, and this is why I believe the outside in, because, you know, when you're, you wear something you start feeling good in it and then people validate that, right? And so the, your confidence goes up. And so that's, that's the kind of cycle. And not only that, it gives you that positive feedback, that positive experience that allows you to continue on. Yes. And I see this happen with all my makeovers, you know, and I don't know if that helped you also lose the weight or continue with your wardrobe, but that it, it's a domino effect. Um, I, I, yes, I agree. And I will tell somebody if you want to lose weight, you want to, no, I'll tell somebody if you want to feel good about yourself, buy clothes that fit. I don't care if you're going to lose 10 pounds or five pounds or 50 pounds, buy clothes that fit right now so that you can feel good in your body. Uh, I feel like that's monumentally important. And, and I, I will, I'm curious what you, what, what you say about this, because yes, external validation, fucking awesome. Uh, compliments. Um, it does, it creates this cycle. And I feel like Kim now, especially with the launch of Get Fucking Real and me being very much on the, the front lines of that for myself, I find that I'm also, I'm now actually needing to turn t- within and make sure that my self-love and that I'm not looking at for external like it's almost like i don't know it's a season of life that i'm in where that's all great but that's actually do you know what i'm saying it's like i do i do yeah i deal with that all the time and that's why like i can't imagine doing what i do without being a therapist because this comes up a lot in fact you know people will kind of start wearing their different clothes and they're feeling really great and they're getting all this compliment but then they're having this kind of tug of war with themselves of well but I don't really deserve that, or I'm not that pretty, or my friends are so much better than me, or, you know, and, and then that's where the internal work starts, you know, and, and kind of debunking those myths and getting rid of some of those gremlins. And that's, that's where I end up doing some deeper work. But for me, it's so much more powerful doing it simultaneously as people are shifting yeah. so that it starts like, again, it's like a visceral experience rather than just like a theory up in someone's head. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I could see like in my, if I like was to track it on a chart, I could see yeah. how like this period of time I was really focused on the external. And that's probably when I, you know, like I worked with, you know, somebody on my look and all that. And then I like went inside and like, you know, just feeling my value and knowing I'm worth it, not needing to prove myself anymore was a phase that I went through, you know, and then I could see like, you know, cycling back out to, you know, to looks and I don't know, it's kind of an interesting journey, particularly as a woman, I think integrating, right, the outside and the inside and feeling, you know, confident, you know, all the way through. Yeah, I have a beautiful story, actually, of course. Right, know, this, stories, let's, right? let's, let's, I, this, I think it'll be a great way to, to wrap things up. So tell us a story. This is a really inspirational okay. story, actually. As we're talking, I'm thinking and reminded of this woman that I worked with. Um, this was a couple of years back. And I would say this is probably the the most transformative, you know, kind of experience I had with a client. She called me after being single for 25 years and she got to the point where she was fed up and she's like, Kim, I I know I need help. I, I just, I'm, I don't know what to do anymore. You know, she hadn't been on one date in 25 years. Oh my gosh. And she was sick of being alone and she was just doing the daily grind of going to work, coming home and just being lonely. So she actually hires me to do the full shebang with her, you know, the coaching, the therapy, the makeover stuff. Yeah. The, she just like, you know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. So thank goodness, because it really like it, it, it totally changed her life. So she came here and, um, 
I always get like, this is the therapist. I mean, I always get like a good history on people and understand their journey because we're all so unique and I don't believe in cookie cutter approaches. You know, it's really understanding where people come from in order to shift them to move forward. And I realized as we were talking how much how much she was giving away her power just in the way she was talking. She kept apologizing as we're, and I called her out on it. And I said, what are you apologizing for? You know what? Oh, well, I feel like I'm taking up so much of your time and I know we should. And I said, you paid me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, so this is the conference. This is what's going to stop right now. You know, don't apologize for something that you didn't do. <laughs> and let me tell you if you're wasting my time. I will let you know if you're wasting my time, you know, stop predicting and assuming other people start focusing on yourself. And so that was kind of the first aha moment. She realized that this was showing up in a lot of aspects of her life, even as, as she was thinking about dating. So we go shopping first, right? Cause we're starting with her style intelligence and we're about to walk into the store. And she said, Kim, I have to tell you something I, I didn't share with you before. I, um, I haven't looked in the mirror in like 10 years, I, I cover all the mirrors at home. Wow. I said, wow, well, thank you for telling me. And I'm here with you. And, you know, then I'm thinking to myself, if I had just been a therapist at the time, maybe I would have done some cognitive therapy on helping her with her body image and blah, blah, blah. But that is not what she needed. She needed to actually get in front and of have me. a red dress moment. <laughs> yes. She had to get a red dress moment. She had to see herself. She had to look in the mirror. So we, um, we walk in, I see the tears are falling down her face and she's looking at the mannequin. She's like, I, I don't know if I can do this. I said, I got you. I got you. I said, here, I want you to just try this for me. I want you to put on these boots. And there were just these cute little boots with chunky heels. And I want you to put on this leather jacket and just give me five seconds in the mirror. That's just, just five seconds. That's all I'm asking. So she does it. And she twirls around like Cinderella, as you can hear themes in the story. And she's looking in the mirror. And after five seconds, she's still staring at herself. <laughs> and now, you know, <laughs> she's crying, but for a different reason. And she said, oh, my gosh, Kim, I've never seen myself so beautiful. Wow. And now, like, we're both crying. And I'm, like, hugging her. And we're hugging... Okay, from that point on, I created a monster. So we proceed to go shopping through the store. She's skipping now. And we go into the dressing room. She's trying on clothes with the door open. She's just so excited. <laughs> like, this is a person who had body shame before. And she looked amazing. She just couldn't get over how she looked. And then we do the photo shoot. And she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that's me. And... Um, she goes back home because we put together a dating plan, just like a business plan. I put together a dating plan okay. and she starts dating up a storm online and she's, you know, really discerning who's right for her, who's wrong, like really learning how to date right this time. And she lands herself a boyfriend and he was a great guy. And I think they're still together today. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. It's and it all started with the mirror. And thank you for, for, uh, giving us like the full scope of your expertise because honestly when i first connected with you it was through your podcast the charisma quotient and then when i started to you know when i was on your show um i like made sure that i studied up and i was like wow she's a stylist and she helps with dating and you know and, and it it could feel it could feel uh not connected and it is all so connected and so i love that you you know that you've stuck with doing it all and Thank you for your bravery, for having your red dress moment, and then like leaning into what was showing up for you with your awareness around outside in, because I think there's no buddy that's more qualified to do what you do with the outside in than somebody who started with the inside out. Yes. <laughs> right. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for holding the space for me to share the story so that hopefully I can inspire others. I'm for sure you will. Single mothers, non-single mothers, you know, people just starting new chapters and, uh, and, and your story around really transitioning to make it a business and, and the courage that that took. So um, so happy to have you on the show and hear your story. And I know it's going to help a lot of women and men. <laughs> Aww, thank you. You're welcome. Well, that was a super fun conversation. She's such a neat woman, and I just felt like we could talk forever. 
Her favorite GFR commandment was number nine, know that if you have a specific mission or calling, there are people who need it. And that confession question is, if my mission was guaranteed to make money, what would I do? And she talked to me before we kicked off the show about how much that resonated with her because when she first started kind of asking like, what am I going to do now that I'm not a therapist and like, I feel so shitty about myself. I don't feel like I can be a therapist. She followed her inclinations around style and then followed her inclinations around matchmaking. And, you know, it's just, it's a great story about how our journey just all rolls up into sort of the next expression of our mission. If you haven't checked out the GFR commandments lately, it is your roadmap for getting real. It is a freebie. Go grab your copy and so that you won't be in the dark when we're, when we're talking about them. Go to gfr.life forward slash 12C. And the freebie for our audience here is her body type guide for women, which is very illuminating. It's going to help you actually fall more deeply in love with your body and understand sort of how, you know how your body type plays into who you are and what how you dress and all that good stuff. So go check that out. And remember, she has her own podcast called The Charisma Quotient. Um, I'm on it and we have a really fun interview. She asked me all kinds of stuff about my past and dating and like I, I stuff I've never talked about. So you can check it out to check out me on her show. And then she has some really great conversations and that's about it for now. I look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Make sure you've subscribed, by the way, because that will make sure that you don't miss anything. And we are in all the podcast places. So if you're listening to this on our, my website or someone forwarded you a link, take the extra step, search it up in your podcast app and subscribe so that we could stay connected and you could stay motivated. Over and out for now.